0: This is The Christian Artist, and today it is just going to be our good friend, AJ, bringing us a message from the Ten Commandments series. He's speaking on the Third Commandment, thou shalt not use the Lord's name in vain. Let's hear what he has to say. Okay, so before I go ahead and get started, I'm going to go ahead and pray, um, and then we'll dive right into the message and all of the scripture that I have in this. Um, Dear Lord, thank you um, for this day. Um, just thank you for this opportunity um, to speak with these high schoolers and um, I just pray that um, as I'm speaking Lord that it would be <coughs> your words and your um, wisdom guiding me um, and that we would be able to um, take what we learned tonight myself included as I'm speaking this as well I'm speaking to myself that I'd be able to learn from this and you guys would be able to learn from this um, apply it to our lives and um, see fruit from it Lord um, to bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the topic for message tonight is on the third commandment. Um, so I will start, first of all, with, with that scripture from Exodus um, chapter 20, um, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Um, so, Kind of the same thing that uh, Ray Comfort goes through um, and myself and Angel and Connor, um, Tony and anyone else that goes out um, street evangelizing is that this is one of the things that we um, bring up at times. So we bring up like if someone um, passed, they going to take them through a good person test. Um, so one of them is, have you ever told a lie? And another one is, um, have you ever hated someone in your, in your heart that that's considered murder? And then also bringing up, have you ever used God's name in vain um, because it's considered no. blasphemy um, and it's a serious offense um, against God. Um, so um, using God's name in vain with blasphemy there. There's two kind of parts to it. So it's either when God's name is um, being misused, um, which is often like in the case of um, false teaching, um, that God's name is being taken in vain in, in that misuse or in disrespect when we're using um, God's name as a curse word um, where at times we say, oh my, and then another word afterward other than God and just fill it in with the euphemism that our culture has. Um, or we say holy and then say another word after that instead of saying spirit um, and we're using it in that way. Um, most often when we have strong emotions, um particularly when we're surprised or angry or excited that we just latch on to the way that our culture reacts to those things. And that's the words that come out of our mouth because we've been so um, trained and ingrained in our minds with how the culture reacts to those situations that kind of just second nature, that's what comes out of our mouth unless we like really um, address it. So that's kind of what I'm gonna go through tonight a little bit with that and then also other scriptures that relate to um, using the Lord's name in vain. So, the next scripture that I have on here is in Matthew chapter 22. Um, and this is one of the religious leaders talking to Jesus. So he asks some teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. The second, this is the great and first commandment and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Um, So we've got the first four commandments that are dealing with specifically directly to our relationship with God, um, with you shall have no other gods before me and not making graven images, uh, not taking the Lord's name in vain and keeping the um, Sabbath holy. And then you've got the other six commandments which of the 10 that deal with our relationship to um, our fellow neighbor. Um, And then um, kind of what I was talking about earlier as far as if we just... um, kind of second-hand, second-nature follow after the way that our culture has just kind of taught it and ingrained it into us, um, that we are gonna react in that same way and be using the Lord's name in vain, kind of second-nature and not um, addressing that. Um, So in Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Um, And in another translation in the NIV, um, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So whatever we put into our heart and to our mind, That's going to come out um, in our actions, in our words, um, and in our thoughts as well. Um, So, first of all, establishing kind of a ground for just taking it seriously that um, God's name is holy. Got first here in Psalm 111 um, the works of his hands are faithful and just, all his precepts are trustworthy, they are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Um, And then again, Psalm 99, um, at the end of that, in verse three, let them praise your great and awesome name, holy is he. And then, um, when Mary is visiting um, Elizabeth, um, and Elizabeth um, is um, excited and proclaiming, just the blessedness that Mary has in having um, the Savior within her, that she would give birth to him. Um, And Mary says this then, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. Um, And then again, here in Matthew 6 when Jesus is giving us a model for a, a way that we can Pray in a similar way, um, then Jesus says, "Pray then like this: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name, or holy be Your name, um, just with that set apartness of God's name." And like Micah said to you guys countless times, um, we don't say "Oh my Buddha," or um, we don't um, use other um, religions' um, gods. Uh, the kind of the same thing with each of us: like we wouldn't want someone else using our name um, in place of a curse word and demeaning it like that. So. Um, then being able to think just how highly um, God takes it um, as far as when we use his name in vain and use it like that and degrade it to such a low level for the infinite God and creator of the universe and bring it down to a curse word um, that he takes it very seriously when we do that. Um, So the next section I have here is kind of dealing with that um, with kind of the misuse and then also the disrespecting of God's name by using it, those two different ways of using God's name in vain. Um, so in Leviticus 19, you shall not swear by my name falsely and so profane profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. And then again in Matthew um, 5, uh, verses 17 and 18, um, kind of going back to that point that I made earlier, um, as far as when uh, myself and other people are going out street evangelizing and talking about um, the good person test and using that um, Lord's using Lord's name in vain with asking someone if they've used God's name in vain and blasphemed and how God takes it very seriously, um, so it's not just what comes out of our mouth, but here in Matthew five, uh, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come to, I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Um, so like that point with um, it being considered uh, murder in our heart when we're hating someone, um, it's not an exact match up to that, but um, just the idea that God is taking very seriously also just our thoughts as well, that there's there's sin in our thought life and it's not just on the outward actions um, with our words and actions that um, he is taking into consideration because he knows all of our thoughts. Um, and then later on in that same chapter in Matthew in verses 33 to 37, um, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath By your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. (coughs) So, um, as I was kind of researching this thing specifically here, that um, in the Jewish it was a Jewish tradition um, to make oaths, and at times they changed making their oaths to God, and then they started making it on on earthly things um, because they really didn't have any intention of following through with that oath. So they weren't going to continue to swear on God and be using his name in vain. Then they started swearing on other things because it wasn't an oath that they were going to actually follow through with. Um, and then with the last part of the section there, um, letting our yes be yes and our no be no. Um, anything more than this comes from evil. So that it's our should be our intention to follow through with the promises that we make to other people. Um, just that we have a character that's marked by integrity. Uh, obviously we're not going to Um, measure up to perfection in that, but striving to. um, In 1 John uh, chapter 2, I believe. Uh, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So, in that there, like, we're going to mess up, but we have an advocate with the Father um, if we've placed our trust um, in Christ and the uh, saving work that he did on the cross um, to redeem us. Um, So the next section that I have here is um, kind of some practical application um, with our words, and not just taking God's name in vain, but just with our words in general. Um, So in Ephesians 4, verses 29 and 30, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then again in Matthew 12, uh, 35 through 37, the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And I don't have this verse up there, but also in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, kind of along the same lines as there in Matthew. Um, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure of produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks so whatever we're putting in, like I was saying a couple times earlier, whatever we put in, um, we're going to have that come out in our words and um, in our actions. Um, I'm not going to read this whole thing in here from James chapter 3, but where it's talking about um, our tongue um, and just how it's said among our members and how it, um, with our tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people made in the likeness of God from the same mouth, Come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Um, So with those verses there that I just shared, um, kind of going beyond those with um, practical application of those things, so, in Romans 12:2, not being conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Um, so if we're not consistently seeking to be in the word, um, to be in prayer, um, obviously we're not going to do it perfectly, but having it be our aim um, to be in the word and be in prayer so that we're not being pulled away um, from the things of God by our culture. Um, the analogy that I give is like you're jumping in Well, you're in the stream already or in a river that's going 50 miles an hour in this direction towards the things that the world has um, and when we're like barely getting into the word of God and in prayer and being in fellowship uh, as it encourages us, us to do um, in God's word um, specifically there in verse or in Hebrews chapter 10 uh, verses 24 and 25 um, with not giving up the assembling together as is the habit of some. Um, and that if we are instead in fellowship that we're not going to be dragged down that river super quickly. If we had like a little time in the word it's like we're holding on to a life preserver and we're like slightly kicking or maybe going trying to go like five miles an hour against the current but then we're being dragged 45 miles an hour that way. But if we're in the word and in prayer um, and inconsistent fellowship we're going over 50 miles an hour in the opposite direction of the current. So we are making progress the other way um, from that. Um, And then also in uh, 1 Corinthians 15.33, um, kind of dealing with our surroundings and what we put into our heart coming out in our words, um, do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals. If we're around people that are a bad influence on us, we can't expect that um, if we're, having consistent company with them. And I'm not saying guys shouldn't be sharing the gospel and having those relationships with those people, but if we're like having a really deep relationship with them where it's really influencing us, um, and they're, if that person has a bad influence, it's going to affect our words more easily, um, be apt to using God's name in vain, or whatever the case may be. Um, and then also in... Uh, First Peter, kind of admonition to us as well, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy. For I am holy, um, and that's not under our own strength, It's by the Holy Spirit, um, to be able to be <coughs> living in a way um, that honors God. Um, that's also mentioned in First John. Um, Go to it for a second. Now, starting in chapter two of First John in verse. Okay, so starting in verse uh, four. He who says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought, to, ought himself to walk just as he walked. Um, so by the Holy Spirit, we're able to live in a way that models similarly to how um, Jesus lived here on this earth. Um, and then again, um, in John 14, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And if we're not in the word of God um, and seeing what he commands, beyond the Ten Commandments, just things that are clearly demonstrated in Scripture that are commandments that God commands of us to do. Um, like in Philippians, be ang- do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. Um, it's not like a suggestion of like maybe don't be anxious. It's, it's commanding us to not be in that anxiousness, but to pursue God um, and the peace that comes from him in those circumstances and not be stuck in that anxiety and be sinning in that when we're stuck um, and not pursuing after God in that at all. Um, There'll be seasons in your life where it'll be very hard um, to come out of those things, but um, pursuing after God in those things um, anyway, even if there's long seasons where you have that um, anxiety going on. Um, So the next uh, couple little sections I have here at the end um, dealing with false prophets where they're using, misusing God's name and speaking prophecy that isn't actually um, coming from God and, co- and then going through them. So the next one um, in Deuteronomy. <clears throat> and this is on one of the the what videos where um, Gabe, Hube, Gabe Hughes addresses um, false prophets um, in one of the 90-second videos. Um, so the section there highlighted in blue from those verses, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken, the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Um, so that in that instance, God's name is being misused and is being um, used in vain when <clears throat> when a false prophet is claiming that this is, word is coming from God and it's not actually um, a word from God, that God's name is being misused um, and having that sin of blasphemy going on. Um, so in the last part that I have um, before the last I have another last part with a uh, short bit of homework with some verses to go through but this is the last one In um, this part of it dealing with false teachers um, so in Second John uh, verses 9 and 10 <clears throat> everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God whoever abides in the teaching <clears throat> has both the father and the son if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Um, so if there's someone among us who is like really off in the deep end and things that are clearly contradicting Scripture, and um, there's false gospel and false Christ and what they're teaching, um, we're and we are trying to share the gospel with them. But if we are um, in our interactions with them, like really buddy-buddying up with them, and like our time of fellowship with them is like pretty close to the same amount of time that we spend with other Christians. Like um, In that way, we're taking part with them in, in the wicked works that they're committing um, by kind of condoning that false teaching that's going on there. Um, so I have a list, and it's not an exhaustive list, um, of kind of some modern examples of false teachers that we see um, with either false gospels or false Christs or just um, some things in their teaching that are that really often don't match up with scripture at all. So Joel Osteen, Joyce Meyer, Andy Stanley, pretty common ones that you guys have heard, especially those first two. Um, And then Stephen Furtick from Elevation Church, uh, Bill Johnson from Bethel Church in Redding, California, uh, Mike Bickle from International House of Prayer um, in Kansas City, um, Carl Lentz at the Hillsong Church in New York City, and then Sean Bowles, T D Jakes, and Benny Hinn. Um and with the uh the ones with Elevation Church and, and Bethel and I believe International House of Prayer as well, they have that extra hook with their with the music and the groups that they have there. So you've got Elevation Worship, um Bethel Bethel Music and um obviously Hillsong, and then I don't remember if it was Jesus culture, if that one's with International House of Prayer if that's another one from Bethel but um, even if those songs are theologically accurate some of their songs are kind of vague and they get into things where it could really be false teaching um, but even the case like they're trying to use that venue to then kind of pull people into their churches um, so just being wary of that even if they're what they're saying in those songs is theologically accurate and we're doing it and it's songs that we sing often but um, a lot of new stuff out of all of them like it's it's really vague, and it's not um, clearly uh, demonstrating um, doctrine from Scripture that is accurate and lines up with the Word of God. Um, and then with that, with those false teachers, kind of the same thing with, with the early church um, in Galatians, um, where Paul writes to them with that same kind of idea where there's going to be There's going to be some false teaching that's really slight and for us to be able to have that discernment uh, to look to scripture and see is that lining up with scripture is that completely off and it's not a true gospel not a true christ Um, so in galatians chapter 1 verses 6 through 10 i marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of christ to a different gospel which is not another but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of christ but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Now if we have said As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Um, so just a warning there for us to, if there's, false gospels um, and false false Christs being proclaimed to us um, to be steering away from that and warning others um, when we're seeing that so that they don't fall into the same trap of those things that on the outside there may be some correct doctrine and theology and then it goes off in a way that's going to be detrimental to our walk. So kind of in summary um, for this whole message tonight is... um, as we split off into um, small groups, smaller groups to kind of discuss this a little bit more. um, I just pray that we would um, just recognize those things in our life, my life included as well, where we are um, kind of lazy with with this, with um, taking God's name in vain um, and just switching it with another word at the end of it, with another euphemism where it's really meaning the same thing in our heart and in our mind even if the word has changed like the same kind of meaning behind it where God's name is being used in vain is still kind of residing there um, and then to um, seek to honor God um, not just in not taking his name in vain but just in all the words that come out of our mouth um, to not have any kind of corrupting talk coming out um, that's going to demean others instead of having um, compassion and um, giving convic- conviction to those that um, are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and um giving a warning to those who are not yet saved um, and are not taking seriously um, their eternal destiny. So I'm gonna go ahead and pray and then we will split off into the small groups for a little more time of discussion and then have the rest of the time after that to um, do whatever you guys would like to before we leave. Dear Lord, thank you um, so much for this opportunity uh, from this morning with the middle schoolers and tonight with the high schoolers, Lord, um, just to preach from your word and to share um, a message that uh, really radically Affects all of us, Lord, um, with what comes out of our mouth, um, whether it's just uh, complaining or um, using your name in vain or other things that are just uh, not glorifying to you, Lord, and aren't honoring to you, Um, I pray that we would be seeking to glorify you more in this area of our life um, and that we would um, confess, Lord, if there's um, areas where we're just lazy with it and um, feel the need to repent. Um, again thank you for this day Lord and I pray all these things in Jesus name Amen Alrighty thank you guys for listening and uh, we hope we have a great week and a great Christmas so uh, yeah thanks for everything bye